Here we have some examples to illustrate our points. Consider a case of rude children. We've previously discussed how to handle such situations, emphasizing the need to remain calm and to distance ourselves, as needed. Another example is a child who cries excessively while his parents tell them no. This is disruptive behavior. It's distressing to constantly hear the child crying. Our goal is for the child to learn to express themselves through speech, not tears. To do this, we first try to see things from the child's perspective. We understand that for the child, crying is a form of communication. Essentially, the child has learned that crying can persuade their parents to give them something they were previously denied. Even when they're said no, their crying often results in them getting what they want. For instance, if a girl takes a candy and her parent tells her no, she knows that if she cries, her parent will give her the candy just to quiet her down. So she cries loudly and creates a fuss until her mother placates her with the candy. Another example is a boy who gets upset at everything he's told. He uses his cries to communicate that if I cry, you will come to me, you will comfort me, you will comfort me, you will apologize if necessary, and most importantly, you will be with me. For this boy, crying is a tool for negotiation. This is the behavior we aim to change. So, what's our strategy? We'll engage the child in a calm conversation. We'll explain how their crying affects us, whether it makes us feel sad or frustrated. It's important to express our feelings in words, speaking from our perspective without blaming them. Then we will share our understanding of their feelings. We acknowledge that they sometimes feel angry and sad, and that's okay. When we tell a child we understand you, it can help reduce their anger. This means we have an additional opportunity to help them manage their rage. Parents who say, I don't understand why you're crying, or I don't understand what all the fuss is about, only intensify their child's anger. The child feels alone and helpless. The screams, the anger, and the tantrums, if any, will be very extreme. Therefore, it's crucial to say, I understand you, which mean I see you. We then proceed to say, we would be very happy if you could tell us in words how you feel and what you need. If you need time to relax, we will give you some time. Once you've calmed down, once you've calmed down, we will be here for you to give you a big hug. All of this takes place during a calm conversation. We're essentially sending a message to the child that we know they're crying. We understand that they're sad or angry at the moment but they need time to calm down. We're willing to give them that time. Once they've calmed down, we're here to hug them. During the conversation, we also ask the child what would help them calm down during a crying episode. What would help them express themselves in words? Maybe a hug. Maybe a reminder that we understand words. We'd be happy if they could explain to us. All of this is discussed in advance of the next crying situation. This approach will not only assist the child in managing their crying, but also equip us with the tools to handle the situation effectively.
Then, during the reaction time, when the child cries, we communicate a clear message. We understand you, we feel you, and we see that you are sad. So, let us know what you need from us. Do you need a hug? Would you like to take some time to relax? Remember, we'll be here when you're ready to talk. If the child wants a hug, give it wholeheartedly. However, if the child chooses to continue crying and attempts to calm down independently, reassure them that you'll be there once they're ready. Then, step away from the area, not out of anger, but to give them some space. While he successfully learned to manage his crying, as time progresses, we'll observe a gradual decrease in the crying, which was essentially a call for attention. Let's consider another example. Children who dislike cleaning their room. In this case, I'll use teenagers as an example who typically leave their clothes scattered on the floor and fail to put them in the laundry basket or arrange them in the closet. Accordingly, when they need to wear an important shirt or a beautiful dress, they become frustrated that the clothes aren't clean. So, what's our approach to this? During a conversation, we explain the value of what's important to us. We begin by saying cleanliness and organization are essential in our home. We believe that all household members should go to bed at the end of each day with their rooms clean, tidy, and smelling good. Cleaning your room every day is very tiring for us. That's why we've made arranging that the clothes are your responsibility. It would be best to put dirty clothes in the laundry basket, fold clean clothes, and put them in the closet. If clothes aren't placed where they should be, it's impossible to know whether they need to be washed. There may be clothes that you'd really like to wear, but they won't be clean. In a very straightforward way, we explain the logic here. We express our perspective and tell them, we are very tired of constantly trying to clean and check whether it's clean or not. It's difficult for us, so you have a responsibility. We're essentially creating an agreement here between the parents and the teenager. Now, during the reaction time, resist the temptation to get angry and don't say phrases like, the rooms are untidy and stinky again. Instead, stick to what you explained and don't wash or clean their room because that's the agreement. We abide by the agreements. However, a family that cannot uphold it and keep such an agreement because they want to clean or be willing to tidy up after the child. Therefore, this agreement is not suitable for you because if the parent continues to clean after the teenager, the agreement becomes one-sided and the teenager will understand that no matter what, their parent will take care of the cleaning, and they won't learn otherwise. It's therefore important to choose a response that you can endure and persist. You may have a hard time at the beginning, but it will pay off. Because changing your reaction will change the whole story here, like a magic wand. Changing your response to a correct response when we inform the children in advance, during the conversation, time can build collaborations with your children. This is what will actually make our kids listen to us. With the proper response, we can improve our children's behaviors, making the atmosphere at home more pleasant.
And most importantly, that is our primary role to build a good, healthy relationship between the children and us, not only in the short, but also in the long term, 